As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Hey guys, hey girls. I am uh, Michael Oldroyd. I am Mike Oldroyd. I am Michael Lee Oldroyd. Anyway, I am Michael Lee Oldroyd. And I am Michael Oldroyd. And I am very happy to be here today, is what I'm trying to say. Alright! Anyway, I am back, you know, back on my podcast and excited to talk about random things as always. No special guests this week and regarding the threesome status, drum roll, drum roll please. Um, I think I've reached a point where I no longer care if that particular threesome (laughs) happens. Um, I actually don't even really... It seems that Violet and I are... It's become becoming more and more difficult for us to stay in touch. I think our chemical reaction has run its course, and that's absolutely fine. It's, um... It is what it is, but I want to close the loop on that now so that people aren't listening with the thought that I'm dangling the carrot from war on the threesome. I mean, nothing's impossible. Who knows what the future holds, but no longer should you listen to this podcast with the hope that I'm going to have a threesome with Violet and another chick. Um, That's just my analysis. You know, I don't know nor does it really matter. Actually, I've been focusing so much on comedy lately that it's it was an afterthought for the last few weeks, and now it's like completely behind me. Uh, in no by no means would I turn it down if the opportunity arose at this point. But no more effort or anticipation uh, transpires on my end um, with that scenario. Threesomes in general. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure that'll happen. Right. I, I'm open to that idea, um, in the future, obviously, you know, with, uh, two girls, of course, so, anywho, I think we can move on, um, the latest on my end, I think the last episode that I uploaded was a few weeks ago, it was with my buddy Tyler, uh, when I was back home, um, in Missouri, and I wanted to give you an update, I've really started to branch out lately. I felt like I finally have gotten settled in in New York, got everything I need in my apartment, my arsenal of, you know, metaphorical weapons to to operate, to live life, to pursue my comedy, to do my job successfully. Um, So... I've gotten back on stage recently a number of times. I've hit some open mics in New York. I actually did a show last night at the Broadway Comedy Club for the Fresh Faces of 2016. It was a 
kind of a comedy competition for new talent or um, fresh faces. But the funny thing is, is I think I've been a fresh face for the last 10 years. I've been up and coming for 10 years now, guys. Um, <laughs> um, and I didn't win the competition. Actually, one guy that uh, got past me, it was his second time doing comedy. So that is very interesting. <laughs> um, I've been doing, I've done it probably over a thousand times. This guy did it, yesterday was his second time and he is taking the cash in prizes for this comedy competition. Him and a few others, he's not the only one who beat me. They actually had like three winners and there was only like six competitors. Um, and all of them had been doing comedy very um, recently. You guys are probably wondering that doesn't make sense and you're right, it doesn't. The reason is, is, and I knew it going into it, um, it's not a bash on them, it's not a bash on the comedy competition. I, I went into it knowing exactly what to expect. It was one of those audience votes things. I don't know anybody in New York, so, you know, I had a couple friends come out, um, but, I mean, this guy brought his entire, like, his entire community to the show, which I was happy for him. Um, and that's exactly what it is. So, um, the way I saw it is more practice, more exposure. Um, got to promote myself a little bit, get some followers on Twitter at the droid, by the way, T H E D R O Y D. Follow me. Um, trying to get that count up. Um, so yeah, they liked my Donald Duck joke and um, lots of fun, and uh, gonna keep getting out there. Actually, today I did something uh, for the first time uh, here in New York. I did some street performing while well, it was in the subways. But I have this wireless microphone and amplifier type thing where it's it's battery operated. I went down there with my tip jar and kind of like some business cards and like a flyer that I had sitting at the, on the front of the apparatus, uh, the micro, the amplifier apparatus, and I, you know, started talking to it. it was really uncomfortable at first, I'm not going to lie, it was uh, completely out of my comfort zone to put myself out there like that, go down there by myself, and to start talking at a random group of people waiting to get on the subway. And I kind of like tippy-toed my way into it, you know, like, uh, you know, where you dip your toe in the water and then you get, go ankle deep and so forth. Not always my style, but today I just felt like doing that. And I thought it turned out well, you know, it forced me to really be, to think respectfully and in a universal way, something that would be respectful to everyone, um, something that would be universal and the funny part was like an afterthought because, um, you know, I was focusing so hard on, I guess, respect and, um, you know, talking about things that everyone would potentially know about as long as they spoke English. And hopefully even if they didn't, they still laughed at my giddy-up, if you will, my American flag shorts and uh, random, random... Uh, you know, my hat. You, you guys don't need the visual because you weren't there, but I, I looked like a 
like a 1980s jogger. I don't know. I don't know what I looked like, but I do think it was um, unique. Anywho, um, molding, I guess that's what I eventually want to evolve into is someone that could get up on an airplane like Southwest and say, we have a, we have a comedian on the flight today and he's going to do five minutes for us. You know, I want to be able to have my jokes so universal and so clean that the plane laughs when I get up there and, and you know, I'm talking about things, whether they're current events or things that we all know about. And that's what I did. You know, I talked about things going on in New York, talked about the, the dirtiness of the city, uh, did some impressions, um, you know, talked about superheroes and things that have been filmed in New York and the rats and the subway and all these things. And, um, you know, I got in, I, I was able to engage with a few people. They were very, I noticed that when I talk about real things, I can, um, get people to listen to me. So if I'm not chasing the humor and I'm talking about things that are real, you know, I even, I got deep without being preachy, but I even talked about love a little bit. And like when I was talking about love, like people were like really starting to gather around and, and their ears were perked and they were all paying attention. So it was kind of interesting. Um, but I think I might have something there. I think I need to think more like that and then to build the humor around that where the, the message is, is kind of the, the source of the, the performance rather than just trying to force um, random laughter. If you watch my comedy special, you see it, it kind of... It's 10 years in the making, but as I evolve, I want to obviously not have to rely on being dirty because I'm getting older myself. Um, that stuff was funny for me and it has been funny for me, but I'm older now. I want to, you know, take the next step in, in, in growth, um, and, and have my art be a byproduct of that growth. Um, so Bukaki jokes, I feel, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop doing Bukaki jokes, but I don't, I want to be able to be clean and then just be dirty when I feel like it. Um, and that'll probably make the dirty jokes funnier too. Um, anyway, taking a little sip of my Doc Pepper here. Um, last night after the show, went out, had a couple beers with one of my friends out here. Been getting out of my comfort zone, making a few friends, you know. Um, you know, going out a little bit, still going on some dates, still using Tinder and OkCupid to meet up with girls, which, you know, digs into the bank account a bit, so... It's kind of like at that, there's like an equilibrium point where it's like, well, the money, they have to reach a certain, I have to be attracted or intrigued enough to want to have the trade-off of spending money. So I have, uh, I probably need to cut back a little bit on that, just meeting up with random chicks and buying them drinks if I'm not even attracted to them because it's like something to do. Uh, again, I'm transitioning into doing more comedy and getting away from just silly things like that um i found that so i found that i make a lot of friends with girls that i've hooked up with in the past um so we'll like have intercourse once or twice or multiple times and then like we'll end up becoming like really good friends um which is awesome so i use tinder and okcupid for 
or I should say, I get multiple benefits out of Tinder and OkCupid. I get friends, <laughs> I, get, I get intercourse, and then friends and fans. So, um, you know, Twitter followers and things like that. I actually have sent out my comedy video to a bunch of girls on uh, those applications. Like, every social media and online dating tool, I've, I've blasted it. Um, to get it out there a bit. Um, I still need to do more. I need to spend like 15 minutes a day just like blasting, you know, messages of that, of that video to get it out there. I still have like a thousand matches on Tinder that I haven't messaged. So that's, uh, that's something that I, uh, ought to look into. Um, so yeah, we went out for a drink last night, which was fun. Me and my friend and Talked about comedy, dissected a little bit, the performance. Um, a lot of fun. You know, like I said, I was still able to get laughs even though I didn't really have anyone in the audience and they kind of were rooting against me. I was able to warm them up, um, which is a great challenge. You know, it's a great challenge, obviously, um, as is the subway, getting people to even listen to me. But, you know, uh, when you do comedy in the subways and no one's listening, your first step is to just get them to listen and smile. If you get them to smile, um, which is rare because New Yorkers are generally, you know, it's just the consensus. You just don't interact. You don't look at strangers. You don't do that. So if you can break through that, which I was able to do today, I think that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. It's a great workout. I'm going to continue writing universal jokes, trying to use the news, things like that. Um, continue to try to evolve as a person, as a comedian. Comedy forces me to grow in a lot of ways outside of comedy, and then a lot. And then when I do have personal growth, it like it's a tandem, right? And then my my job actually um, intertwines and, and helps me become a better comedian and grow as a person. So I got this trifecta going on. Um, all I need now is like a steady girlfriend um, to you know basically cover half the cost of my rent. I am gonna. Airbnb my place until that day comes though um, and just have random strangers from all over the world stay on my couch for like a hundred bucks a night or something um, and uh, that should help out um, so yeah I woke up at like 5am this morning and worked on comedy because my apartment is so hot right now it's starting to get hot I was drenched in I was just like sweating gallons because it's so hot. My mom just bought me a uh, ionic air purifier, and she says it's also an air conditioner, so I'm waiting for that to get in the mail. She's awesome for taking care of me like that. Uh, but I woke up, I couldn't um, sleep, so I worked on comedy. I made an Excel spreadsheet so that I can track like the breakdown of all my jokes and, you know, basically rate how big of a laugh each one got, and then over the course of time, I can kind of track that and see which jokes should stay, which one shouldn't stay, at least in the New York, you know, audience or in the New York market and um, kind of get a feel from there. So I'm very excited about those things, feeling motivated. You know, the goal is to make those motivations last and not burn yourself out, but it kind of comes with, it all kind of rise, everything rises together, right? So like you, you get that motivation to get your shit done, your work, be successful in your work, you know, you eat healthy, you have enough time for fun, 
you know, mixed up with friends, girls, um, and then you, you, you know, you eat healthy, you, you buy good food, you save some money, and you cook, um, you know, you get your nutrients and work out, which I've, I've been doing, I've been doing all these things lately, um, you know, been trying to, um, get in that gym and, 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 you know, match my comedy with it, you know, grow the, uh, muscles again, not just prevent atrophy, but actually, like, try to match that body with what that Mizzou football, um, specimen body that I used to have, I'm trying to make that again, I guess you will, and it takes time, but, I mean, I don't need to be, obviously, what I was, but at least not, I gotta bridge the gap a little bit, you know, I gotta bridge that gap, um, today, I'm not in a funny mood right now, so, but hopefully this is interesting enough to, to kind of hear these updates and give you ideas for your own life, um, or just match, you know, pick and choose, or, I don't know, I have no fucking idea, <laughs> um, maybe you're married and there's nothing that I'm talking about that could be relevant, except for eating healthy and getting your shit done at work, you know, those things, I think, apply to everyone, it all rises together, so when you do all those, you try to do all the things right, then, uh, everything kind of goes up, it's like you make the, the tide come in, the high tide come in, and the boat rises, um, but, I do have some, some interesting stories for you, um, so, not last weekend, but the weekend before, I believe it was. It might have been last week. It might have been Friday or Thursday. I don't... What doesn't really matter. But what happened was... I travel a decent amount. Um, and thus, every time I land in a new city, my Tinder starts syncing up with new matches, right? So... Um, I matched with this girl, never met her in my life, who happens to live in somewhere in LA and she's cute you know I, I've seen her pictures or whatever so, and we we snap we've been snapchatting right and I'm not gonna lie like she snaps chat she snapchats me like naked videos and pictures of her on a somewhat regular basis I wouldn't say all the time but when she feels like it when I'm feeling like it, whatever she'll send me this stuff and you know we've always said well you know, if I'm ever out in California, or next time I'm in California, we should hang out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's established, but who knows when that might be. Anyway, small world, last week she, I sent her a message on Snapchat, and I was like, hey, what are you up to? Which means, hey, can you send me some nude pictures? And she replies, I'm on a plane right now headed to New York. I'm like, are you serious? I live in New York. And she goes, really? I never knew where you lived. And I was like, absolutely I do. And I was like, how long are you going to be here? And she's like, um, well, a week or something. I can't remember what the deal was. But she, I said, well, let's hang out. Well, you know, well, do you have any free time? I don't know what's on your schedule. She's like, yeah, maybe tomorrow. So no joke. Right? No, and I would have never known this if I didn't Snapchat her, what are you up to, so I could get those naked pictures. Next day, she 
you know, we're texting or whatever. She's trying to figure out how to, she was staying in Brooklyn. She's trying to figure out how to get to Manhattan because the, the subways are kind of confusing when you don't have somebody to show you and hold your hand, you know, your cell phone service dies or whatever. So she's trying to figure out how to get to me and she's like taking hours with no response. I'm like, there's no way this is going to happen. Too good to be true. Whatever. Uh, anyway, she texts me when she's like, on the corner of my block, and I went down and met her for the first time in real life, right? Real person, she could see I'm a real person, pretty crazy stuff, so I, she's like, you know, she let me know she was a little hungry or whatever, so I said, how about this place right here? She's like, yeah, I want to go to a place that's like New York or whatever, so I took her out to this place on the corner with, you know, butter a salad, right? She just wanted a salad, so I bought her a salad, I got some water, like a six dollar um, bill, you know, the the bill was six bucks. I covered it for her, and I took her, took her back to my apartment, and banged her right after. <laughs> oh man, it was awesome. She um, she ate her salad, and she had this like really sexy shirt on. Like she's got huge schnockers, and um, she had them completely exposed, obviously on purpose. She told me she got cat called like fifteen times on her way from Brooklyn to Manhattan. I'm like. Well, aren't I the, uh, aren't I the honey hole then? Um, well, maybe she's the honey hole. But she, um, came over and, uh, you know, I kissed her or whatever, and then I, <laughs> I don't know, I, 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 I don't know how much detail I'll go into, but, um, let's just say, when in doubt, whip it out, and, um, you know, I'll let you guys figure it out from there, so good times um so that's that story and um yeah I went on a date with a 37 year old woman the next night and that was a lot of fun as well same end result I'm <laughs> getting closer to that goal of a thousand women in 2015 uh, still got quite a ways to go but it is what it is and just to reiterate I tell these girls all this. I'm very open with them. I don't want anyone thinking I like am some kind of a jerk or misleading. It's like we're all on the same page. Everyone agrees. We have the contracts in order. You know, we have the countersigned copies that we send to one another after the agreement is drawn up, and then we do the business. So everything's good. No worries, guys. If you're gonna judge me, just judge me based on not the moral part, but um, you know, I think that's, you know, it probably goes against, uh, well, it does go against a lot of religious, um, things, but as far as, like, treating the person with respect and being open and honest, I, uh, I definitely, um, you know, do my best to, to, uh, you know, to, do all those things to be respectful, etc. Um, and you know, if, I don't think it violates my. Um, I don't think it violates my underarching theme of love because, you know, it's honesty. It's the opportunity to, to experience life and knowing what you're getting, um, and it's. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, that's that's my thought on it.
But anyway, I had some fun. Um, took the 37-year-old on my rooftop. We hung out there. And then she wanted to stay over afterwards, and I let her, guys, because I'm a nice guy. I didn't kick her out, you know, even though I wanted to, um, you know, go to sleep and get a good night of rest. She told me she didn't want to go home because uh, at late at night, you know, she thinks it's dangerous for a woman to be walking around at 2 a.m. or whatever. So, you know, I provided shelter for the night for her, you know. Um... I think next week I'm going to try to do a podcast where I have some buddies on that live in L.A. They're from Missouri as well, and they've been living up in L.A. We actually all lived out there together at one point. They're still out there, and uh, good guys. Um, so we're going to do a call-in with them. I'm also going to have a podcast where I do talk about love um, because that's that's what I'm about. That's my That's my thing. Um, in fact, you know, like I said earlier, when I was talking about love today in the subway, it was the one point where I felt I had more interest in a connection with the random crowd than with anything else I had talked about. Um, everyone was listening and curious, even if they weren't showing it. Um, you could, you could tell that we were all synced up when I was talking about love. So that was really cool. And I do want to talk about my views of love and my opinion of love um you know whenever uh you know on the next available weekly update I don't want to update more than I don't want to send out more than one podcast a week and I don't want to have it go any longer than several weeks without having an episode so you know spitting out an episode anywhere from you know week to week to week to every like three weeks or something Um, but I do need to get back on stage. I was thinking about doing an open mic tonight. Uh, but I, I'd rather, like, go work out. I watched Rudy last night. I wrote that down that I wanted to talk about. Have you guys seen the movie Rudy? It's a movie where Sean Austin plays a guy named Daniel Rudiger. And Rudy was a, a kid who was, uh, he had a dream of playing for the Notre Dame Irish, the football team. And everyone told him his whole life that he was too small, not athletic enough, and not smart enough to go to Notre Dame. And he didn't allow those opinions to stop him from trying and to do everything he could to make that happen. And honestly, people have told me on several occasions that I am their Rudy. And it's it's always meant a lot to me because I, I felt like Rudy. When I was watching the movie last night, I was actually crying uh, already in the first five minutes. The music makes me cry. <laughs> the da na 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 da na 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 that makes me cry, um, but just knowing that I kind of, I, I'm not going to say followed his footsteps, but that I did a, a similar thing with football, the whole walk-on, and made a bunch of sacrifices to make it happen. Mine was different. My story was different as to 
you know, going to school and stuff, I did have good grades and didn't have a problem getting into Mizzou and being able to be a part of that program. Um, you know, I was able to get some academic scholarships and a lot of help from my parents and, you know, from my family um, that helped. But the actual on-field part of it, you know, and ri risking a lot to join the team, I guess you could say, and also sacrificing a lot, giving up a lot, and then actually on the field, I mean, I definitely identified with him. I mean, I, I've been hit so many times and so hard with so many cheap shots by guys at Mizzou. Um, many of them play in the NFL now. A handful of them do. In fact, Sean Witherspoon, William Moore are the most prevalent that you, the names you'll probably recognize of guys that used to just annihilate me. I wouldn't even see them coming half the time, but I got just my my bell rung, my, got my clock cleaned. They call it the clean your clock or whatever. Um, I used to... I had two guys double team pick me up, throw me into the fence one time, and, um, <laughs> you know, they told me to stop working so hard. Basically the same message, you know, that you hear when you watch the movie Rudy. And my story was a little different. I didn't end up, you know, like, I, I got to dress for er nearly every home game, which was different than Rudy. He got to dress one time. The policies were kind of different at Mizzou. Um... I didn't get in a game. I did get in the last couple plays of uh, our spring game, which was broadcast on NCAA or on ESPN two, I think, and that was cool. You know, I was able to, you know, catch a uh, a nice like fifteen yard reception that got tipped. I caught it, and. Uh, that was how I went out. It was I, I, I ended up hurting my knee uh, in, in the springtime, and I came back and was able to play in the spring game, and they put me in, and that was pretty much the end of my career. I was never the same after that. I mean, my knee uh, kind of took me out, and you know, you think things happen for a reason, then um, obviously that did, but I, uh, I don't regret a day of it. Uh, I could talk about football for hours. And I'm trying to finish up because I want to keep this podcast at 30 minutes. But maybe I'll talk more about football sometime. And, um, talk about, uh, you know, some of the experiences and some of the stories in the locker rooms and some of the guys that I hung out with. I wanted to get Jeremy Macklin to do one of these podcasts. In fact, I could probably ask any one of those guys to uh, do the podcast. I think Jeremy would probably be the most prevalent right now. Um, he's the one that most people have on their fantasy football team, so probably most people would listen to that. But um, I did ask. I asked. He's the only person I've asked, and I haven't heard back from him yet. So he's a pretty get, busy guy, and uh, you know it is what it is. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll um, we'll have some more soon. Um, you know, can't give it to you all at once, right? That's what he said. I don't know. Thank you. Uh, I love you. I do love you. I love everybody. So that's about it. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny?